Hello and welcome, or welcome back, to Creator Talks, the comic book interview show with writers and artists. I'm your host, Christopher Calloway. Well, this week I promised to have guests on the show who will be at Baltimore Comic Con. We are just a day away from Baltimore Comic Con, and on this episode, my guest is Todd DeZago. Todd worked on Telos with Mike Moringo. Mike left us all too soon 10 years ago, and Todd has put together a tribute book, a Telos tribute book, volumes 1 and 2. It was three years in the making. It has over 200 artist contributors and is over 500 pages long. Mike's going to talk about the book, how the whole project came together, and some memories of Mike Ringo, plus this year's first Ringo Awards. Now, Todd's going to have a panel from 11 to 12, room 343-344 on Saturday, the Mike Ringo Tellos Tribute. Following that, at 12.15, there'll be a special signing of the book. And even though these books were only available to backers, for a special reason, you'll find out why in this podcast, you may, may have a chance to get your hands on a copy at the con. Listen to this podcast and find out how. Even if it's not possible to make it to Baltimore Comic Con this year because of distance or other factors, this is a great conversation. I talked to Todd at the New Jersey Comic Expo a couple of years ago, so it's great to catch up with him again and talk about Telos. But first, we're going to talk about his move into a new house. So let's get started. Here now on Creator Talks. Todd, welcome to Creator Talks. Hey, Christopher. Thank you very much. Nice to be here. I appreciate you making the time because you've been undergoing a move to a new house. We we are. Uh, it's not a, a far distant. I'm moving back to my hometown of Rhinebeck, New York. We had been living a couple towns away, and uh, my girlfriend and I just decided it was time to buy a house and, and settle down. And, and uh, so we found a really nice place. And, of course, it all happens all at the same time when... Uh, the chaos of the the second uh, Mike Waringo Tellus tribute book was finally getting put together, and uh, some other things are happening. That uh, just when it rains, it pours. Just uh, all kinds of things happening. Well, congratulations on the house. There's nothing like the feeling of getting your first house the first time. And what was the uh, the impetus doing it now? I, I think it was uh, in the past when I had been in uh, a situation where I would buy a house. I really didn't have anybody to do it with. And my girlfriend and I have been together for a number of years now. And we kind of looked at each other like, yeah, maybe it's time to be grown-ups. And uh, so so that's where we are. We uh, we just did that. We have a, a cat. We were afraid that she wasn't going to be very happy with the the move. She got all nervous as everything was being packed up and the movers came. But we have a sunroom that looks over the entire backyard and she just won't leave it now. She can look out and see everybody. So so everybody is happy in this house. <laughs> and how close are you finished to being moved in? Because I know for me it would take like a couple of years. Like I would have a room okay. in the house that would just have stuff in it. Just like throw it in there and we'll sort it out later. I spoke with my friend from high school the other day, and she said, you know, you could just put it in the corner and wait 21 years and then <laughs> find that box. Uh, yeah, everything's in boxes, either in the basement or the garage, and, and we're slowly moving them in. And, and um, it, you know, picking and choosing what, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we probably should have gotten rid of before we moved it here, but there really wasn't time. So we're getting there. It is so nice to have a basement and garage. 
I'm sure you'll be yeah. very happy to have your own parking space and storage space. All of that. We we had rented a house before, and it was very nice. And I, parts of it, I'm a little sad to leave, but I didn't own that. Um, but yeah, we have an unfinished basement here, and and one of my closest friends is a carpenter contractor, and he's been more anxious to get in and and like refurbish things and do things uh, than we were. He he ran into the realtor, and she said. I think Mike wants to get in to the house more than you two do, <laughs> just to just to redo the kitchens and the bathroom, and he's got ideas for everything, and that's a good friend to have. He's a good guy. Uh, are you rather handy around the house? Do you have things that you want to do to fix it up, to make it your own? I did. Before I got into comics, I worked in construction and carpentry, actually with this this guy, and I, meant, I said Mike before, and it's funny because uh, a lot of people um, think of Mike Waringo whenever I say Mike. Uh, and um, I, I've, I've had a string of good, good close friends in my life, and they've all been my, named Mike, so uh, it's kind of funny. But this guy is, uh, he's just amazing. We, we um, so yes, I, I, I am kind of handy. Man, I'm, I'm babbling. It's no. From, it's that... from lack of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. No, I, well, that's good that you're handy, because when you have a house, you own a house, it's a never-ending cycle of repairs. You get something just the way you want it, you have to go fix this. You have to go fix that. You know, it's just it's just part of the deal when you get a house. As, as I said, I had worked for him um, a couple times, especially when when Marvel went bankrupt, for example. I I thought, okay, well, I need to work some more, and he immediately said, come and work for me. So we I, I've redone kitchens. We've done a lot of uh, just popping dormers in houses, building additions on. So I I do have a little bit of that, but. Uh, th- a couple of the rafters downstairs are sagging, so he immediately said, I'll be right over. We'll put some teleposts in and then sister these beams to this one. And I was like, all right, I know how to do all that, so let's go. How old was the house? Uh, the house is, was built in 78, um, and you would think that there was, had been some major changes, but the kitchen, we're probably going to redo the kitchen and uh, the bathrooms could be updated and uh, made a little more efficient, I think, for space. Um, and uh, and so it's it's uh, it's got a little history, but we're ready to add on to it. So make it your own, right? Well, it's been a busy couple of weeks for you, and you have Baltimore Comic Con coming up, and I do. you got a lot going on there. And I want to start with uh, Telos, a special limited edition that came out, two volumes, both come out now, and you'll be talking about that at Baltimore Comic Con. I will. We're, we're going to have a panel where we'll... Uh, we did this in Charlotte. I planned the release of the books um, to come out to, uh, to uh, kind of debut or premiere at the uh, Heroes Con in Charlotte because uh, Shelton Drum, who runs that show, was a really great friend to Mike and to me. He's been fantastic. He and uh, his team, Rico Renzi, uh, they really made... Uh, tell us a special part of the show this year to honor Mike and remember him and to, you know, spotlight the first volume, which was called Fallen Friends. And the second volume was scheduled to be out just in time for Baltimore because Mark Nathan there and Brad Tree and all their team were also very good to Mike and I uh, and Mike's brother, Matt, who uh, is also a great artist, uh, but also uh, was running the Michael Ringo, uh, the Ringo Scholarship uh, through SCAD. So we were all, we've all been remembering Mike and keeping him in our thoughts and trying to keep him on everybody's mind. This year will be 10 years that he's been gone, 
and uh, he was is a special guy. So we have Baltimore coming up, and we'll be we'll be uh, people will be there to talk about the second volume. This thing was supposed to be one volume when I started, but so many people got excited to be part of it that it just grew from what was going to be about 250 pages to 500 pages. So that's maybe poor management on my part, but but <laughs> so many people donated their time and their talent and just uh just it I'm so very proud of them just for the the people that that contributed and were part of it and who came out in Mike's memory um to uh, to honor him. I it, it just uh, I can't really express in words how much it means to me that these people gave so much. It, I think they're just fantastic. It is so wonderful because it is from the heart, their contribution. Every single person, yes. Yes, absolutely. People would send me um, would send me little testimonials of what they remember. You know, maybe they met Mike at a show and, and he gave them encouragement and uh, maybe a little direction on their artwork or maybe they just talked to him online and, and he was just so supportive. He was a, a very compassionate guy, very, very kind and considerate and remembered how it was when he was trying to break in and when he was bringing his portfolio around. He was always very constructive and positive and upbeat. I was at shows sit, sitting right next to him when he would do a portfolio review and was always just so kind, always found something nice to point out and, and you know, to give some constructive criticism about what maybe needed a little work here or there. And this whole project, the proceeds from this, also ties into one of his great passions about loving animals, all the proceeds from the sales of these books are going to the ASPCA, correct? Yes, yes, absolutely. We're uh, we're up at uh, probably we're going to in the end we'll probably be donating a little more than thirty thousand wow. dollars in Mike's name. So um, so I, I've had a, a couple of setbacks because some of the international shipping has has uh, has gotten more expensive than uh, any of us decided the shipping company that I went with um, had had seen what we were talking about, but I think that they were surprised by how much a, a few of these companies, uh, countries, would charge just to just to ship to them. It, it's kind of crazy. But, um, but yeah, we're really excited about, uh, about how it's gone. Everybody really has been uh, contributing their time, donating their time, and, and, um, and been a part of this in a big way. So I, I I'm really happy about it. Mike and I loved animals. That was one of our, our combined passions. And so when Telus first came out and we got our first check, we, we gave a third of it to the ASPCA. And uh, I think that this would be exactly the kind of thing that he's, he, would, he, would, he would say was okay. <laughs> Tell everyone a bit about Telos because it started out at Image Comics. And it went through a journey of tennis shoe runs and then giant-sized one-shots and then went to um, Guerrilla Comics, which Mike also was a co-founder. Tell me how that book latched onto so many people and that were really passionate about it and how it really connected with their readership. It's kind of funny. Mike and I had worked on Sensational Spider-Man for uh, about three and a half years. Marvel actually just uh, put out a trade uh, of all those stories, of all the stories that uh, I did on Sensational and, and Mike did most of the stories in there and we really enjoyed working together we just clicked and and um i think i was i was very eager to um 
you know, to, to really make it a partnership. And I, I would offer Mike, I think when we first got on Sensational, I called him up and said, who do you want to draw? And he said, is this a joke? And I said, no, why? And he said, no one's ever asked me what I want to draw or what I think should happen. And so he was really excited to be able to be in on some of the, you know, the plotting. And, and I would say, well, what character do you like to draw? Because if he likes to draw it, he's going to have more fun. And that always showed on the page. And so, uh, so we really clicked when we were working on that. We both had a great love for animals and fantasy and thought we'd really like to do something that really just was a fun, wild adventure. And so Telus is a patchwork world uh, where a lot of different fantasy elements can come to play. Uh, there's talking animals and there's uh, dragons and ogres and trolls and giants and things like that. It's good versus evil. There's magic. And the story kind of focuses on a young boy uh, who uh, ends up being kind of a reluctant messiah. He finds a, an amulet that uh, contains a giant genie that he can wield to save the day. His best friend is a tiger. Uh, they meet up with a pirate princess. And, uh, and then there's just all kinds of other colorful characters that come in. It was a 10-issue run from Image. During, it was during that run that Gorilla started to form, and Mark Wade and Kurt Busiek, who were really the, the first founders of, of Gorilla, they had, um, they had said to Mike, well, do you want to come and be part of this? And Mike said, well, I've already got TELUS going, so that's when we then folded TELUS under the Gorilla flag. Um, and so the ten, our 10 issues came just as the industry was kind of having some trouble. And uh, 10 issues was where we decided, okay, we're going to kind of finish the story and, and wait and see what happens, because no one was making any money in comics, and we couldn't afford to continue. But... A year or two after that, I started doing a couple of side stories, I call them, with some other artists, and those were the one-shots you're talking about. Uh, so that's the history of TELUS. I, I know I babble too much. Again, I've been, I've been working really late and not getting a lot of sleep. <laughs> so at Baltimore, you have two panels. Well, one's a panel, then there's a signing. So the first panel, the one that you're going to be on, the uh, Mike Ringo TELUS tribute, is going to be from 11 to 12 on Saturday, and following that, you're going to have a Telos Tribute signing. So I know the books have all sold out. So the people getting their signings of the books, are they just bringing the books that they've bought, or there'll be possibly some copies there for purchase? I will tell you this, that the just as what happened in uh, Charlotte, Shelton Drum was kind enough to buy a bunch of copies so that he would have some to sell there, and they were exclusive. And at the Baltimore show, Mark Nathan, the, the organizer of that show, has also bought a bunch of copies, but they will go fast. So if people are interested in picking up the copies, they should come in and, and uh, be ready to get them as soon as they can. So the books will be available, but uh, it's first come, first serve. There's not a lot. It was a limited print run. We really couldn't afford to print a lot and have them in storage or have them in back stock. So this is a very exclusive version of the book. I don't foresee doing any reprints at any time because I just can't afford it. So we tried to make something special. We tried to make it something that's really unique. Uh, I had some really great people helping me out with the production of it. Tom Zoller is an incredible artist and writer also, a very funny guy, but he immediately jumped up to be my production designer and take care of putting the book together and 
the amount of time that he uh, put into this is incredible uh, that someone would, would put so much into it. He did a great job, and the two books look beautiful because of him. Uh, Tom Zoller, Tom Zoller, Tom Zoller. I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to not say his name enough. <laughs> and and also uh, Val Staples, who is a colorist involved in the production of some of the the one shot Telus books I did years ago. Val came in and again donated so much of his time and and so much of his expertise as far as color goes. If you look through the books, because it is such a variety of different art styles and different um, storytelling. Uh, Val's choice of the colorists for the book and for the different scenes really makes it cohesive. It would not be the same thing without Val also. So I would say his name three times too, but that would be silly after I just did it with Tom. But again, those two guys, the books wouldn't exist if it weren't for those two. They, they were my lieutenants. They were awesome. Yeah, actually, Tom's been a guest on the show, and we talked about Time and Vine, which is yeah. a wonderful series. I just read issue three, and I love that book. It is so good. Tom is one of those guys who is working on on books and not uh, – he did Love and Capes, which was just a, a fun, fun series about the love lives of superheroes. He's currently working on a comic strip called Warning Label. It is, again – Tom has such a unique way of presenting a story and of presenting characters that you almost fall in love with immediately. You said um, Time and Vine. He also did a, a series called Long Distance about a long-distance relationship. And just he's one of those guys that just everything he does, I just find myself absorbed. That's not the right word. But I just <laughs> it's just uh, he, he just sucks me in as soon as I start reading one of his stories. It's just fantastic stuff. And I believe he's also putting together uh, the yearbook for the Baltimore Comic Con. It's going to be a, a tribute to Telos as well. Every year he puts together the yearbook uh, with Brad Tree, the, uh, the, uh, who is also one of the organizers with Mark Nathan of the show, one of the many people that Mark has working for him. But Brad is usually in charge of guests, but he's also in charge of the yearbook. And he and Tom every year have put together a gorgeous book. Uh, the yearbook is has been, I think this is the fifth or sixth incarnation of it, but each year they they spotlight a different, usually an independent comic book. And fortunately this year they chose Telus, which is really was really wonderful and an honor. And they have some gorgeous artwork in this year's book. Again, Tom put it together and polished it and made it look like this beautiful thing. And he really is uh, very talented. One of those guys whose names everybody should know. It's usually on the on the sidelines looking in because he's pulling the strings. <laughs> and on top of all that, Saturday night, there's the first annual Ringo Awards. Yes, we are looking forward to this. This was Mark Nathan, who has been a friend for years and years and, and was friends with Mike as well. He also, when I said, well, I'm going to do this tribute book right from the beginning, which was about three, three and a half years ago, he would keep saying to me, send me the pages. I need to see this. Let me, let me in. Let me be part. And so he has been a close confidant on the story and um, on the way things were coming together. This past year, the Baltimore Comic Con had been the home of the Harvey Awards. For one reason or another, they left to go to New York. And I think they're at the New York Comic Show this year. I don't, I don't know what happened. But in their place, Mark said, well, I always wanted to do... Uh, 
some awards that celebrated the spirit of comics, the things that, that a lot of us are looking for, the things that, that make us happy. And he said, the things that Mike loved. And so in talking with Mike's brother, Matt Waringo, they were talking one night and Mark said, would you be upset if I created a Ringo Awards that would really celebrate the things we love about comics? And uh, Matt was honored and flattered. And suddenly we were all trying to come up with some ideas of what would go. And Mark and uh, his group there are really making it a big deal. I'm very flattered. I'll be a presenter. It's been fun to see that grow too. So People are remembering Mike in a good way. It's a great award, too, because uh, this is the first time I know that fans could actually participate in the nomination process. Absolutely. Uh, you know, take advantage of what you can do. And the Internet has brought us all a lot closer in this regard. So, yeah, Mark is a, a, an entrepreneur on every level when it comes to fun and comics. He wants, he wants everything to be fun and to make sense. And some of the awards... You know, they just get narrowed down to, well, here's the five that everybody were talking about, or here's the five that the sales were the best on. This one is people from all over the country and all over the world, really, have been sending in their um, their submissions, their their ballots, their choices, and uh, and it's all coming together in a in a very impressive way. So, we will see. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk about Mike at the awards ceremony. So. I don't want to uh, ask for too much information since you're going to be talking about this a lot over the weekend, but can you at least share with me um, one thing that, that Mike shared with you that has stuck with you over the years? One maybe comment or interaction that just <laughs> kind of like is always there in the back of your head. Uh, Mike, Mike and I were, were uh, he lived in North Carolina and I lived in upstate New York, uh, but we, were, we would talk on the phone at least once or twice a week, at least once a week. But um, but we were really good friends. So a lot of the things that stick with me are a lot of those personal things, like that you have with your friends. That uh, you know we would we would get hooked. And and when I say we, it would be he and Craig Rousseau, my my perhapanots partner, who was also I think in the last last three or four years um, of Mike's life. Craig and Mike and I would go to conventions together, and we were kind of the three musketeers. Um, we would find something on Saturday Night Live or some kind of comedy <laughs> album or, you know, like you do with your friends. And we would just call each other up and, and yell something stupid and hang up <laughs> on each other. So a lot of my favorite, well, a lot of my favorite um, things about Mike that, that just make me smile and make me laugh are, are um, you know, stupid things that you did with your friends. To go to heroes, um, Mike was living in Raleigh, Durham, which is about two hours away from Charlotte. And so I would fly down a couple days early and we'd hang out and get to spend some time together. And then we'd drive over to Heroes Con. And the first time I think I went, Mike was in the studio with uh, his studio, Artemis Studios, was himself and Rich Case, uh, lots, of, lots of great artists. Rich Case, Chuck Voikiewicz, um, Scott Hampton, Jeff Parker. And we... So Mike and I were in his SUV, his um, whatever we were driving, and the other guys were in another, and I bought a pair of uh, walkie-talkies. This is before cell phones. Um, and so we were just walkie-talkie back and forth for the two hours. I remember Parker and I were on for a long time just chatting and calling things and, and uh, 
making jokes. And, and at one point, Mike turned to me and he said, turn that off. You're riding with me. You're not riding with them. We're supposed, we're supposed to be hanging out. <laughs> so we, it was all fun. We, we just always had fun with that guy. No, I understand what you mean. It's funny because it's like with your friends and people that you're close to, you have kind of a shorthand. Uh, you know, you could just like, even people I haven't seen for a long time that I was close friends with and I'll see them again, we have a shorthand. We just start like picking up on the jokes right where we left off. It's like, exactly. you, like you never had any gap in time. Like uh, there's a cousin of mine. He's no longer with us. Um, but we both read comics growing up and we listened to those Marvel comic book records. You know, you had the comic. Oh, yeah. And the, oh, yeah, the 45. And there was one with the Hulk. He was fighting the abomination. And the Hulk would say, this is stupid. And we would, <laughs> every once in a while, we would be doing something. And one of us would say, this is stupid. And we knew exactly what we were referring to. That's all we had to say. And we'd be bust exactly. up laughing. That's right. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing. You. Yeah. Get you right back to that spot. <laughs> well, we, we still do that with Matt and uh, Matt Waringo and, and Craig and I and, and Matt's wife, Suzanne. We still say the things that we said those years ago, and it just it just uh, slays us. So that's so funny. Yeah, I, I one thing I've never forgotten uh, when I first ran into you at the New Jersey Comic Expo, uh, you know, I was talking to you about Perhapanots, and you explained to me the origin of the name from the Cake Song. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I say to my wife, I said, yeah, I'm talking to Todd tonight. She goes, who's Todd? I said, remember the, the cake song? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? I told- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she knows exactly what I'm talking about. So that's like our shorthand for, yeah, it's Todd. You know, perhaps not. Sure. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. It's true. Those little stories and those things that come to you, uh, you know, they're what shape us. They're, they're what make us uh, who we are. So without getting too deep. That's what I am. It's all those things. That's what all of us are, I guess. Well, I'm really looking forward to Baltimore and seeing you there and seeing your panel and your signing. And I understand, you know, the limited nature of the books. Of course, it's expensive to make them. And not only that, but I understand that, you know, the proceeds were going to the ASPCA. So to make sure the money gets to the ASPCA, that's why they have to go through a very specific, you know, either through you through that project, you know, or limited editions, but that's why it's not everywhere. That was it. That was exactly it. When I, uh, when I started looking at how much money goes into distribution, I thought, gosh, I, you know, we would lose half of our uh, proceeds if we did it that way. So, yes, I could have, you know, talked to Diamond and figured those things out, but I know that it really costs a lot to go through them and, and just about anybody else. In this way... We have a shipping company who has come through to make sure that everybody gets theirs. Uh, we had kind of a hiccup there at, at one point in the beginning, but we've got it all ironed out for book two. Book two went out the other day, so people should be receiving them uh, this week. That was the timing of the whole thing. Yeah, I do think that, you know, I shopped around for a, a great company that gave us a good price on the printing, shopped around for a company that could take care of the shipping, and in this regard, we're able to to make sure that a lot more of the money goes to the, the charity that we wanted to go to, the ASPCA. That meant more to me, I think, and would have meant more to Mike uh, to be able to make sure that, hey, we're taking care of the cats and the dogs. I will definitely be at that panel to see it, and uh, I'll be at the signing. I don't know. You may be, maybe just signing my wrist or something or my hand. But <laughs> if there's a book available, I'm going to grab it because it just, it just sounds absolutely wonderful. It turned out great. We did have a signing similar to this. Um, one of the things that I kicked in from my side, 
uh, I was very good friends with Nick Carty, who passed away a few years ago. He and I were very close. He was a, a great friend to have, and he was kind enough in his will to leave me a little money. I felt like it should go someplace special. And so with that money, I bought T-shirts for the people who contributed, donated artwork and, and coloring and lettering to the project, and, uh, and I sent them out. And uh, it, that was all through the Nick Carty Fund. <laughs> I don't know what, uh, there are photos from the Charlotte show, and there will be the same uh, of everybody wearing their Secret Friends of Ringo T-shirts. When you do go to this panel and this signing, you'll be able to pick out exactly who was involved in the project and, and who was part of it. And at the Charlotte show, the number of uh, Ringo shirts almost outnumbered the people who came to the panel. So I think <laughs> I think it might be the same because there's over 200 artists involved in this. And I'm, I'm trying to ask everyone to please try to get away to do the signing. So we'll see. That's great. That's wonderful you pulled all that together. Everybody said, yeah, for Mike, I'm there. I'll do it. So I, well, I don't know that it was so much for me as much as it was for for Mike and uh, and the goodwill behind him. So that's great. Well, I just have a few questions for you. I ask all my guests. Uh, sure. They're just fun questions. So what do you like to do for rest and relaxation now that you're just about all moved in? <laughs> what do you like to do just to take a load off? Rest and relaxation. I think <laughs> I think because my job, my, my normal job of writing is so sedentary, uh, I play volleyball two nights, sometimes three nights a week. Uh, and I love that. Um, that uh, and my girlfriend plays as well, so it's something that we can both be part of and go play. And we live in the Hudson, upper mid Hudson Valley, so we have the Catskills to hike in. We do a lot of outdoors hiking and things like that. And of course, I love to read and watch movies, <laughs> like everybody else. Um, so there's there's that. Now, you like to read, so hypothetical. You're stuck on a deserted island. You have one book. You don't know how long you're going to be there. So what is the one book you would want to have with you? One book. This, this is comic book or novel? Either kind. You know, I'm, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. I'm a huge um, uh, fan of, of, well, of so many authors. But I think that if I was bringing one book that always gave me, that I could read and reread, a book that came out a few years ago, and they're making the movie next year, is Ready Player One. Have you read it? No, I haven't. Ready Player One is a, is a movie that Steven Spielberg is putting together right now. Uh, it is a, a beautiful, beautiful love letter to the 80s. It was written by a guy named Ernest Klein. And if you want to read an awesome book, uh, it's... It's an awesome book. <laughs> Maybe it appeals to me more because I lived through the 80s, but I think it's something that uh, just about anybody can find accessible and, and fun and exciting. Um, and also, uh, I read it, and then later on I listened to the audio version, which I love to listen to books when I'm driving around. And, and uh, Will Wheaton does the, the narration of the audio book, and both are just fantastic. It's a great, great book. And the movie's going to be a guaranteed smash, I think. Well, that sounds great, because I was there at the 80s, too. <laughs> I do remember <laughs> them. And uh, that, that seems to be uh, kind of in vogue now. It's just a, a, a super pop culture love letter to the 80s. And everyone I give it to turns to me and says, thank you. That was awesome. That was great. So uh, please check it out. Okay, great recommendation. 
and for your beverage of choice when you're relaxing. <laughs> uh, are we talking cocktails or are we talking just just something? Uh, well, cocktails, because, I mean, people will say, well, I like water, and I'm drinking water now. But, you know, if you're just like, okay, I'm done working for the day. I don't have to really do anything, you know, heavy lifting, heavy thinking. Just I want to just sit back and watch a movie or whatever. What am I going to have in my glass? My my real vice is, is soda still. I can't get myself off soda, so it would have to be Pepsi. I am uh, I have usually have about four two-liter bottles of Pepsi on call at any time in my house because <laughs> oh, I I don't know I don't drink coffee and I don't smoke and I don't uh, I don't engage in anything else that's too crazy. But that's the one vice I can't kick. So uh, soda. Well, keep playing volleyball. <laughs> Burn off that yeah, yeah. sugar. <laughs> that'll cut the soda. Right, that'll, that'll counteract my soda addiction. Oh, it's funny. This past weekend, um, for my rest and relaxation, I took a break from my work and my podcast work and went to my son's uh, soccer game. And he's, yeah. he's six. And I used to go to my daughter's basketball games. And, they, you know, I get excited about them. But I'm watching my son play. And I've never watched him play soccer before. This is his first year playing soccer. You know, and I watch this transformation occur of my wife into a soccer mom. Like she is screaming <laughs> on the sidelines, Nolan, look at the ball. Look up, pay attention. And I'm like, you stay here. I'm going to go behind the net. He's playing goalie. Bend your knees. Bend your knees. Okay, shift, <laughs> shuffle. And all of a sudden, we're both like coaching from the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to be careful there. <laughs> is, he, is he one of those easily distracted Head in the clouds kind of kids? Yes. <laughs> yeah, well, let him do that. <laughs> they will find a good place for him on the field. But that's, that was, uh, I, think, I think, my coach. When I was six and seven, I was on a peewee league baseball. And uh, my brother, who was focused and, and really loved the game, I was too busy. Oh, that cloud looks like this. Or, you know, oh, look, that tree kind of is the shape of this. And the, the coach went to my dad and said, you know, Frank, maybe a couple more years for Todd. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll wait. And, you know, when I got a little older and could focus, that was it. But now having my head in the clouds pays the bills. So I, I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, my wife turned to me and said, cross country. He's going to do cross country. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> something, something you can be right on that's, your own. That's right. <laughs> that's great. That's fantastic. That's a great story. Oh. Well, Todd, it's been great. And uh, I want to let you get some rest. Get some Pepsi, whatever, soda. <laughs> right, exactly. And get charged up for uh, Baltimore Comic Cons. I'm, I'm getting charged up. I have to get some rest, too, because I usually, you know what it's like. I mean, we just wear ourselves down at these cons, oh. but it's, it's so much fun that you're just, like, running on adrenaline. <laughs> well, this, this is my other thing, and I, I uh, Sharon, my girlfriend, and uh, Matt, Matt Waringo, and Matt and Suzanne Waringo, and Craig Rousseau and his family, whenever we go, I bring some of that um, airborne Mm-hmm. Um, it's supposed to boost your immune system yes. because con crud is a reality. It's a real thing. You go to the shows and you stay up late talking with people and you wear yourself down and your immune system gets worn down. Last time we went to Charlotte, before they opened the doors, I went to everybody and said, take one and take another later. And Matt Waringo was the one who didn't take it and he got sick. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling everybody you go to a show like this, make sure that you boost your immune system if you can. I guarantee that stuff will work. It'll help you ward off the con crud because that's bad news. Uh, I, I, a couple years ago, I got it, and it was 
awful. I mean, I was in bed. I could not stay awake. I was just exhausted. I mean, your energy just drops to the floor. And I just got up and ate and went back to bed. And I slept Uh all day. And ever since then, I have my wellness pills, like these horse tablets of herbals and stuff, like Chinese medicine. And I take like three of those. Vitamin C. Um, it's 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 some of that's in there. It's like a whole yeah. cocktail of stuff, and I right. drink plenty of water. Make sure I stay hydrated. That's the most important yes. thing because it's very mm-hmm. easy to get dehydrated, and then you're at risk. And plus, the Purell. Wash my hands a lot because you're shaking hands. You know. Well, that's it. Is I you know most of my days are spent in my in my studio writing or or you know working on something, but I'm pretty solitary in what I do. And then uh, you go to a show and you're in a room with a thousand yeah. people. And people like to shake hands and like to hug and like to, and and I I like to do that too. But yeah, you gotta protect yourself and have some Purell and have a little uh, immune system boost and all of that stuff. It it, it it helps out. It really does. So, folks, take our advice. If you're going to Baltimore, <laughs> you're going to any kind, you're going to any large gathering. The holidays are coming up in a couple of months. Same thing. Right. You're around kids right, and everything. Right. You know, like I'm getting to the dip first before the, the kids get their hands in there. I don't want no. Then once I see the kids going for the yeah. dip, I'm like, oh no, no, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yep, yep. I get it. I've seen those kids. I know where they've been. Todd, again, thank you yeah. so much. Thank you so much for making time and your very no, busy no, schedule. Thank you very much. It's great talking with you. Thanks and great questions. Thank you. I'll see you in Baltimore. Okay. Take care, Christopher. Thank you for listening to this episode of Creator Talks. The podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube. If you like what you hear, please rate and review on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't miss a single episode each Thursday. Subscribe. It's free. A new interview will be available each week, and sometimes there'll be a second, maybe even a third interview that week. You can send me feedback and comment on social media. I can be reached at Creator Talks Pod. That's at Creator Talks Pod on Facebook and Twitter. I'm also available on Instagram, Creator Talks Pod. There I will post pictures while I'm on location, as well as my Saturday Silver Age or Older and Sunday Bronze Age Spotlight comics from my personal collection. Don't forget to visit my website, creatortalks.com. There I have listed the latest episode on the homepage, plus a playlist of all the episodes to date that you can listen to online or download. In addition, on the site, I will be posting my recommended reading picks, as well as written interviews with creators. Also on my YouTube channel are video interviews with creators on location at comic conventions and elsewhere. I know you have a lot of entertainment to choose from and a lot of podcasts to choose from as well. And I thank you for making the time to listen to this one, your best source for comic book writers, artists, and creators. There are more interviews in the works, and you never know who it might be. It is my distinct honor and privilege to speak to these creators and bring you those interviews each week. I'd like to thank my executive co-producer, who makes this possible, Mrs. Calloway. That's all for now. For Creator Talks, I'm Christopher Calloway. Until next time.